0: Cybersecurity expert on the podcast. And I'm so excited to bring you the best. Katrina's here joining us. And uh, the purpose of the podcast is just to help you have a better business because business should be better, you know, and it can be. You just have to do some work. So uh, the point of us being here is to help you as a business owner be more profitable, more have more freedom in your life, have more happiness, more joy in your life. Um, And I'm going to add to that actually more peace of mind because I am now terrified learning about the risks of hacking and ransomware so luckily we have a lovely guest here she's all the way from Australia and funny enough in the town or the city where I was born in Australia in Perth and uh, I'm gonna let her tell you the rest of the introduction about herself because I don't want to leave anything out and uh, Katrina please let everyone know um, don't hold back don't feel like you're bragging we need to tell these people why they need to listen to you and uh, what your background is so that we can make sure that they listen
1: to you because this is some
0: scary stuff.
1: Thank you so much and thank you for having me on because this is what I'm super passionate about is helping as many small business owners as possible. Um, So as you said, I'm based in Perth, Western Australia, but you probably realize from the accent, it's not an Aussie accent. Mm -hmm. I'm originally from Ireland, from the north of Ireland, but I've been living here for 11 years, so Perth has stole my heart, as you probably will resonate with. but how I got into cybersecurity is a bit of a journey. Um, it started off twenty years ago when I left school and decided to go to university, and I wanted to become an accountant. And after spending a year of doing numbers, I was like, "This is not my life. I cannot do this for the rest of my life." And I ended up transferring into IT, uh, information. It was called information systems, um, and back then 20 years ago growing up in ireland i didn't even know what a computer was so i don't know why i decided to go and do it i think i was the only one in the class who was a female to start off with um but i just took it like a duck to water and it just really was it was meant to be and once i graduated from university got my first help desk job And, you know, sitting on the help desk, helping people fix their problems. And I started to realize quite quickly that my passion was more for helping people. Um, And that's what I love most is, you know, people get frustrated with technology and computers and um, I could then show them how to do things easily and not to get frustrated. So I spent, I suppose, at least 15 years in the IT space. between Ireland and Australia and the UK, helping businesses design IT systems for their business. So I go into any type of business, whether it was a legal firm, accounting practice, even a dental practice, and have a look at what their operations was and then help them decide what technology they needed for their business to grow and how to operate more effectively and more efficiently. And I really enjoyed that sort of solution design type of work. Um, And then five years ago here in Australia, I seen a lot of my customers starting to get hit by cyber attacks. I was talking about about small businesses, mum and dad businesses that have put their heart and soul into their business. And next thing, business on the breach of going out of business because they've been hit by a nasty cyber criminal and there was one particular incident that i talk about all the time that really was pivotal for me to decide right i'm going to go back to uni and study a masters to understand this was a a real estate company that i was doing work for and they were my favorite customer because they were really fun they had friday evening parties so we had (laughs) friday evening sundowners which (laughs) i really enjoyed but it was more than just a customer they became my friends And one day they phoned me up and said, Katrina, there's something wrong with our computers. They had 70 staff at the time. And they said, there's a red screen on all of our computers saying our files are encrypted. We can't do anything. And they're asking us to pay uh, a sum of money in ransom. And it was sort of the first of its kind that I had seen or any of my staff had seen at the time. And I remember going, this is crazy. What is this? And then we realized it was ransomware. Something that we'd heard of, but we hadn't experienced before. So we went into recovery mode. And obviously, the owner of the business was very, very upset that his staff, seventy staff, couldn't work, couldn't sell properties, couldn't make money. Um, And he was adamant that they weren't paying the ransom; that we had to get them back online without paying the ransom, which was the right decision. And but it took us two weeks, so they were offline for a full two weeks. Got them back online, and obviously then the stage was, well, how did this happen? Why did this happen? How do we prevent this? And when we traced it back, it was one of the ladies in the admin team had clicked on a link on an email, and it had downloaded the ransomware onto her computer, and then it had spread through all the rest of the computers. When she discovered it was her that had done it, she ended up really stressed, really, really stressed. She was off on sick leave, ended up on hospital um, because of the stress. And I remember thinking at that time, this is not fair. This is just what, like, she hasn't been trained. She didn't know. And even though the the owner of the company wasn't blaming her, she blamed herself. So that was my pivotal time to change into cyber. About a year later, I signed up to do a master's in cybersecurity because I really wanted to understand how and why and what and when and everything about it. So, I could help business owners defend themselves against this. So, that's my story.
0: Gosh, I, ugh, my heart breaks for that lady, for the, the business owner. Um, the reason I was so excited to have you on is because um, unfortunately, I've had a few clients as well having to pay millions of dollars to get their own data back from yeah. hackers or ransomware implementers I don't know what you call them I want to use some nasty words but I'm not going to swear on here because my mom listens to these um but I remember um just it was like an instant oh we're just going to pay them and I'm like what no like Mm -hmm. are you kidding me and but the insurance company just paid paid so they got their data back so they keep going and uh like you and I discussed uh last week I think it was or two weeks ago like Paying them doesn't solve it. They still have what they have. And uh, it's just a broken, messed up, horrible thing. And I think like I told you in my MBA program, like I took one class on IT management and all it did was scare the heck out of me. Mm -hmm. I don't have a brain for IT. I don't understand coding. I don't understand a lot of it. And I know that a lot of my clients are like that too. We focus on like marketing, leadership, financials, all that having great people but your business that you worked your whole entire life for that you put all your savings into all of a sudden you're like blowing up and you're like more popular and you're like oh I'm finally making money sacrificed my whole life to do this and then you could just get hit with ransomware that looks exactly like the email that was on that video you sent me looked exactly like an email from the CEO why would people not click on that like why is this topic important right now because people aren't doing what they need to do and we need someone like you to teach us and it's so easy to click on something that is it looks like it's legitimate it could look oh my gosh I forgot to tell you this someone was sending emails with my name but a weird different email address yeah
1: yeah and like
0: anyways I just kind of posted something on social media and sent an email saying if you get something from me check my email address please because I would never ask you for a credit card. I would never ask you for your SIN number. I would never ask you for any of these things, but like, what the heck are we supposed to
1: do? Like, this is terrifying. Yeah. And I think this is, you know, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I think this is a challenge for a lot of business owners. They think it is all super hard, super, you know, tacky and. You know the coding side of it and all of those things that scare the hack out of business owners that makes them bury their head in the sand. But people need to realize, but it's hackers are not hacking technology, they're hacking people, and this is what we need to learn it's us that they're hacking. So they know how to structure an email to convince us to click on that link, they know what makes us tick, they know if. They send an email that looks like it's come from a a boss or a leader or somebody senior in a team. And it says performance review or bonus report. Bonus report attached. If you're an employee in a business and you see an email with a bonus report attached, your curiosity is going to kick in and you're going to go, what? Somebody getting a bonus? I'm not getting a bonus. Who's getting a bonus? And this is what the hackers know. They know what makes us tick they know what way our human brain works and that's the advantage that they have right now so this is what i think that's what my mission is to help business owners realize that it's yes you need to spend money on the technology but more importantly you need to spend money on training your staff your staff some people call it your their last line of defense i say your staff and the people in your business are your first line of defense they're the so, ones yeah. that are gonna be able to identify That something looks suspicious, you know, and it's not about not clicking. We're humans. We're going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. It's about knowing that you've made that mistake and then holding your hand up and saying, oh, something feels wrong here. I need to highlight this because hackers don't want you to speak up. They want you to sit there and say nothing. They want you to feel shameful. They want you to feel afraid to tell anybody that you've made a mistake and then they can do their nasty work. But this is what we need to do is empower people to speak up, to say, okay, I've I've made a mistake here. I've done something and then we can stop them in their tracks. So there's a solution because I told you I wasn't going to watch that terrifying video until
0: right before. And Mindy and I watched it together and we were like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like literally the email was perfect. And I know years ago I came home and my husband, we have all Macs and apples. And, uh, he was on the phone with somebody and he was giving them his credit card number. And I'm like, babe, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I got hacked. Like I have to give Apple my credit card number to fix it. And I was like, no, 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 no. Ask them for a number and a name and we'll call them back. And we, he, we hung up and he said it just popped up on his computer. So we called Apple and they're like, no, we would never call you and ask you for that. And he was like, so angry. If you know my husband, yeah. he's a professional MMA fighter.
1: He's a little and bit
0: scary. <laughs> He's very tough. Yeah. So you don't want him angry, but like, there's no one to get angry at. I don't know what country they're in, you know. Um, But so what you said about our people being our first line of defense gives me a bit of hope because uh, I already, we we bought your course. I already shared it with uh, one of my leaders who is more it like technically inclined but i'm hoping that everyone can do it and everyone can learn the skills that we need and everyone listening today to the podcast or watching the video um can learn what do we need to do like what do we need to teach our staff to prevent this from happening because especially you said there was a law just passed in the states where insurance companies are no longer allowed to pay ransom so what are we going to do and as small yeah. to medium sized business owners, we're all working towards becoming big business owners, right? Yeah. And every big business was a small business, and so it's not that small and medium businesses don't get targeted. I've been targeted. So, anyways, all businesses are
1: a target. They, and this is the thing. I think the misconception is that hackers only target larger organizations, but we're seeing a massive trend right now that they are going after. The low hanging fruit, as they say it, because they know that small businesses, especially in the first few years, business owners are more concerned about, you know, attracting new clients, bringing in revenue, making the business a success. So therefore, other things do take, you know, a side place. So they know that we, as small business owners, are not focusing on cybersecurity. We're not focusing on training our staff. So therefore, they're easier to hack. And so they can do more of it. Um, I think I might have shared with you that there is a stat at the moment, it came out in February of this year, that 60% of small businesses that suffer a major cyber incident go out of business in the first six months after the incident. And I know that to be true. I know it to be true because I work with so many small business owners and afterwards it just feels so hard. So like a good example that i'll give you is one lady that i worked with in the uk and she had a product based business so she pro- sold products online she had spent five years growing her instagram following and she sold all her products through her instagram profile and um, she but the business was turning over 600 sterling so in australian dollars probably about a million and aussie dollars about 1.2 million um and overnight hacker hacked her Instagram account kicked her out and couldn't get it she couldn't get it back we tried everything to get her Instagram account back and she couldn't get it back so basically overnight she lost her million dollar business to a hacker and had to start again we both have to say something
0: here because I need everyone to know if you're listening and you are relying on your Instagram or your Facebook or your TikTok or your any social media account that does not belong to you, where the algorithm can, can be changed at any time, where you have to pay if you want your followers to see you, you do not own that real estate. You need to get the contact information of your people, and this is what's so cool about Web3, and we're not getting into that today, but we will. <laughs> but, uh, like, you have no... like. I know so many people who were like Instagram famous and Instagram rich, and they're just screwed now because they changed the algorithm. So, from my point as a business coach, my perspective is like, guys, you got to risk mitigate, you got to diversify. Your money can't just be coming from one platform where you have no control. And then on top of that, you could get hacked and lose everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's happening so much. I've had um, a couple of photographers this year that are big into the NFT space. And same thing with them. They've lost their Instagram profiles. One of them, I think he was from the US. He was standing to lose $3 million if he didn't get his Instagram account back. Now, through sheer persistence and a lot of good luck, we managed to get his account back. And he's the only one person in the last six months that I know has been able to get their account back, um. But this is the type of thing that business owners don't, I think, realize. It's not just Instagram accounts. It's where you save your data. You know, is that data if it's in the cloud, are you backing it up? Are you just trusting that cloud vendor that they're gonna look after your data for you? You know, like in Netflix a online like Google Drive. Yeah, all of that. Okay, I mean, like, you know, where, where do, you do we back that back up? That
0: I got to yeah. slow you down. There's so much good stuff here. So we need to unpack these because people are going to watch and be like, how do I do all this? Yeah. So we need to be backing things up. Okay. So do we need our
1: own servers? You need to have a different, you don't need your own server, but you need to have a separate place where you can keep a, another offline copy or a separate copy. So if you're relying on one sole source for to save all your data, so whether it's Google drive, Microsoft, OneDrive, um, Amazon, web services, wherever your Dropbox some people use, no matter where you're saving your your business data, you need to make sure that you have a copy of that somewhere else. For external reasons. hard drive? Would that be yeah. enough? An external yeah. hard drive? And back external it up every day? It doesn't need to be every day. You need to look at, um, you know, h- how much data are you willing to lose in your business if you can't get access None. to that? Yeah. But, okay. <laughs> think about... For instance, um, I think it was earlier this year, Like, and it happens all the time, some of the larger vendors like Google and Microsoft have outages. Now most of the time they're short outages and we can cope. But you imagine if they were out for a week, two weeks, three weeks? No. Could your business still operate? Could you contact your customers? Do you have a list of your customers anywhere else other than on your cloud services? So these are the types of things that I try to teach people, you know, First, be able to identify the risk, identify how they're trying to scam you. Phishing like fake emails is the number one way hackers are getting into organizations. So if you're a business owner and you've got a team, you need to train them on how to identify those fake emails. So, so they need to look at the email address? Look at the email address. Um, in my training, I show them the types of language that hackers use. So language hackers always want you to act immediately so the language will be do this now or your account will get locked you have 24 hours to access this and um, these types of things that make you want to respond straight away so they know what type of language that will make you click straight away that will make you not stop and think so you might get an email from your bank saying um, we've seen suspicious fraudulent activity on your bank account." We are going to suspend your bank account. Click here to view the activity. Who wants their bank account to be suspended? So in that case, instead of clicking
0: anything, you call your banker,
1: right? You call your bank or you go to the online um, place. So like for instance, say it comes from the bank, say it comes from PayPal, Netflix, any of these online services and you get an email asking you to click on a link. Don't click on the link, go to the app on your phone or go to your web browser and go directly into the online service and check in there or phone them up or contact their support. Okay. So clicking on the link is the thing that clicking on links and opening attachments are the two things that the hackers want you to do. Okay. So the, I hear you and I
0: feel like we've got two solid points for people to really latch onto and to train their team with. And I send emails to my team all the time with attachments, with links. I'm like, watch this. We're going to discuss it at our leadership challenge. So do we as business owners and leaders need to stop sending emails like that? Or do we need to be like, guys, every single time before you click on a link, before you open an attachment, you have to check the email address and it has to be to the letter exactly the same as mine because those people who were pretending they were me and asking people for money and credit cards, they
1: just change one letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have a really good slide that I show as part of my training, why that is effective. So basically our human brain only needs to see the first and the last letter of every word and we can read that word. So the human brain reads really fast Hackers yeah. know that. So they know if say they drop a O oh, out of Microsoft, we're still gonna know that it's Microsoft and we won't stop to check the detail. We'll move on. And that's and we don't read it, anymore, right? Yeah. And that's we're how too. we do that's yeah. how they trick us with the email addresses. So the other thing with clicking on links, link it's a really Difficult place that we're in right now because we don't have another solution. We need to send links to videos to YouTube But what we should be doing if the link looks, okay Copy the link and put it into your browser Don't click it because what they do is what they do is hyperlink it So they hide behind the what it looks like they hide behind where it's actually gone So if you hover over a link it then shows you exactly where that hyperlink is taking you to and that's how they get they find people thinking that just hover over it, hover, hover over it, or copy yeah. it, and, or copy copy it. So, like, if it looks like it's YouTube, just highlight, copy, put it into your browser, and don't click. That won't get us hacked. No, uh, as long as it's not going to you know somewhere. As long as the link looks legit. So again, look at what is the web address looks like. So if it's say, for instance, YouTube. We all know that youtube is youtube.com and normally then it's a slash something that looks legit but if we got something saying u.tube.com that's fake right so but people at- don't okay so we gotta yeah.
0: basically tell everyone to very slowly carefully read every single email yeah. yeah how can we do this without slowing down productivity like by one billion percent
1: well, I think this is why a lot of people now are moving to collaboration platforms like Microsoft Teams, uh, Google. You know oh. all these types of new collaboration platforms where it's secure communication within an organization. So Microsoft, in particular, have you know Microsoft Teams, which a lot of organizations are now using, it's part of yeah. your Office three six five suite, and it's secure communication channel within an organization. So if you've got a team you should be setting up you know secure communication channels so you don't have to communicate by email all the time that you can use the t- chat feature in those platforms
0: okay so but i one of the clients that i was working with uh an international like a big company um that got hacked and got ransomware they were on microsoft teams they had yeah. their own server
1: yeah so... it, but again it's it's about how did that come in? So it probably most likely come in by an email that somebody has clicked. What about text
0: messages? Like, okay, so this, I'm feeling, like I'm trying to come from the perspective of of all the business owners listening or watching and ask the right questions. So we need to train our team to be more detail-oriented with emails. We absolutely, especially if there's a link or an attachment, we need to look at that email address and look for something just a little bit off. um, Yeah. Which that's really sinking in for me because I remember I didn't check my bank statements for a few months and there was some company called uh, Amazon C Z Q. Yeah. And so it looks like an Amazon charge, but it was like charging me thirteen dollars like three times a day. They yeah. got so much money before I was like, "What? What is right. this?"
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, yeah, so they are very smart, but. If we look at the email address, we make sure that it's the actual address. If we look at the link and it's the actual link. Yeah. Okay. So then yeah. um, the about a month ago, I was freaking out because of the Plex um, breach. And I was like, yeah. are they in our computers? Did they get into our password sheet? Like, I got to change everything. So I sit up all night changing everything. And I freaked out, told everybody change all your stuff. Then I got a phone call the next day. And this is pure coincidence, I think, I hope. Well, law of attraction, pure coincidence, whatever. Choose your preference. But (laughs) uh, this guy is like, oh, hi, I'm calling from Visa Security. Or no, it was a recording. It was like, um, just let you know. And this is the time where I was like, oh, my gosh, my credit cards have been compromised from Plex, uh, even though they hadn't. So the recording came on my phone and said – $4,000 was charged internationally. $2,800 was charged internationally. $1,300 was charged internationally. Please press one to speak to one of our security representatives. And I was like, one, 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 you know, and then they come on the line and, and then I was like, hello. And he's like, oh, this is whatever from visa security. And I'm like, where are you from? Visa security. And I was like, yeah, we don't have any visas. We have MasterCards. And he was like, click. And I was like, you mother. Not mm. saying it. But um, it's everywhere. It's like phone calls, emails. Yeah. Are there texts? Is that happening with text? Because I know text messages and
1: text messages 97% are percent open rate. Okay. Yeah.
0: So yeah, the, the, I've been the those The
1: ones are they, especially with mobile phones, mobile devices are actually one of the most unsecure methods that we can use. So you need to be really important because think about everything that you use on your mobile phone, you do your banking on your mobile phone, you have your emails, you might have client data on your mobile phone. So you need to be especially SMS clicking on again, it's the same thing that they're trying to get you to do with SMS or text messages. They're trying to get you to click on that link, when you click on that link, it will either download malicious software or to redirect you to a website to enter username and passwords. So okay. these are the of things is tr- tr- trying to train you and your staff not to do is click on those, those links. Okay. So
0: the text messages, obviously, if it's an unknown number and it's a link, don't click on the link. Yeah. The emails, if it comes from me, but it's got a weird email address, come tell me right away.
1: Yeah. yeah. The things I'm telling my team.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's people a link, forget
1: that we can still lift the phone and call people. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I think this is what you need to do is if like, you did you are send on, me this? Yeah, if you're unsure, yeah. lift the phone and physically talk to somebody, especially when it comes to invoicing and bank account details and things like that. The amount of oh, okay. people that pay fake invoices because they don't lift the phone and verify that the bank account details are correct. You know, oh my gosh. Owner, you need to have that process in place. That's um, not happening here. There's yeah. no
0: there's well here that's the thing as you grow right we create these silos 70 people 100 people ten thousand people. people the accounting department pays the bills that's their job yeah Yeah. and so if they get an email that looks like amazon.cz 17 oh it's amazon
1: pay it like the other one that they're doing is called ceo fraud so they'll send an email that looks like it's coming from the ceo to the finance team saying hey i need this urgent payment made And it's the CEO, so you're not going to question, and then you pay it. I've had somebody here in in Australia uh, a couple of weeks ago, they received an email that looked like it was from the CEO asking for two payments of $50,000 to be put into two separate bank accounts. It wasn't the CEO and the- the Did they pay it? it? Yeah, yeah, they paid it. Yeah, so like CEO fraud is huge and that's, that's again, Lift the phone, ring the CEO, and ask the CEO, "Do you want me to make this payment? Are you yes. sure you want me to make this payment?" Yeah, because that's it's the good. type of thing that they do. And what they will do is they will monitor the CEO's emails for a while,
0: to and learn then to
1: know play. the language that the CEO uses, and then know if you sign off your emails with two kisses or um, many thanks or lots of love or how you sign off your emails. Don't do that, guys. Just an FYI. <laughs>
0: Don't send that to your staff, please. Um, but I hear what you're saying, you know, like yes. it's like I have a thing that I always say at the end of mine. And like, yes. so they'll just get in, learn what I say and then yes. start copying me, which is what they did. And I hope they didn't get anyone. But like, what what do I do at that point? And how do I know that they're not still in there? Do you know what I mean? And so for me announcing on my social channels and my email list and to everybody check the email address. It's not yeah. me. I would never ask you for that. Yeah. Um, but like, again, social media platforms are not going to show that post to everyone. Right. Um, wow. Not everyone's going to open my email. So what? Am I supposed to do when someone is acting like they're me or, you know, someone creates a face, uh, fake Facebook account or they're acting yeah. like, me, you know, they just literally copy your pictures and
1: make a new account. Yeah. Like very what are very you to do? Like, there's not very much that you can do um, bar trying to make people aware that this is happening and you and can't report stop them. You can report it to Facebook, report it to matter, but report to who to matter? Who oh yeah. Facebook. Um but you know it's it's more about we all have our own individual responsibility to have a heightened awareness, just to, you know, take our time to verify things, just to not trust everything that comes via email or comes via text message or you see on social media. You know, it's be you know suspicious. And this is it's a healthy level of suspicion that we all need to have. Um I think like I said to you before, I believe it's a life skill that we all need to learn. We all need to learn this life skill. Um, technology is part of our lives and you know, I know this is a really, really heavy topic, but we need to remember how amazing technology is, what it does for our businesses. We couldn't grow our businesses the way we can. We would never have connected without technology. So, you know, would explode though- my business, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean you would Yeah, but we need to remember this because it is a really heavy topic. And that's why a lot of people then, you know, put it in the too hard basket. But it's time to take your head out of the sand and learn these things now because it will give you the skills to take you into the future. You know, and as I often say, it's not about not doing it. It's not about not falling victim. It's about learning that when it happens, What's the steps that you take to make sure that you can recover quickly and prevent as much damage as possible. Okay. You know, I had a lady um, call me a few weeks ago who she had won a a government contract and she was super excited to win this quite lucrative government contract. She was working on a document and she clicked on a link and straight away her computer came up to say threat detected. And she freaked out because the information that was on her computer was very sensitive to do with the government contract. She didn't know what to do. So she found me in a sheer state of panic going, what do I need to do? And that's what I tell everybody. This is gonna happen at some stage in your life. This is gonna happen. So what do you do? What do you do? Tell us, please. Connect your computer from the internet straight away turn your computer off so if you okay. think that you have clicked on a link or you have done something on your computer or your phone turn your mobile phone off restart it disconnect okay. your computer from the internet restart it that okay. stops them doing what they can do they need the internet to be able to continue scamming you from oh. you. so okay. turn your computer off you're really embarrassing me now I'm I'm
0: feeling a little more hopeful. I'm like, this is the saddest podcast I've ever done. <laughs> like, it's going to happen for sure.
1: But that's what I, most people wouldn't think about that. You would sit in a state of shock and worry. And them, us. You know, and that's, well, that's what I'm trying to get across. It's It's the simple things that will make us safe. It's the simple things the hackers don't want us to know about. Like turning off your computer, like having antivirus software, like using safe passwords, like having multi-factor. It's all these basic things that is readily available, that is very, very small in cost and they can save us. Okay, so the opposite of productive and
0: fast is safe, like two-factor authentication. Like I can't tell you how many times my
1: team and I are like,
0: oh, but we need that. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I explain it like having your layers of defense, the same when you go to war, you have different layers of defense to protect yourself. Cybersecurity is exactly the same. So you need as many layers to make it as difficult as possible for the hackers to get to you. So okay. passwords is the first layer of defense for most people. So talk to
0: me about this, like where are we putting our passwords? Because I'm pretty sure a lot of people know that LastPass got hacked.
1: Yeah. But you you
0: need to expand on that, right?
1: Yes. So LastPass did get hacked, but LastPass used a thing that's called zero knowledge. So therefore, the hackers weren't able to access our master passwords or any of our passwords that we save. So what they got access to was the source code, which of course is still a little bit scary. We don't know what they're going to do with the source code. But LastPass, the way that they have set up their technology means that the hackers couldn't access any of our personal information. So they have segregated their network, so it's still safe. So I, you're telling us to use LastPass? I'll use it. I use LastPass and I still trust them. I still think that they're a reputable company, they have come out and how they've dealt with the breach is exactly how companies should deal with a data breach. They were fully transparent about what happened, they're fully transparent about the risks that we face. And I think if every other security company out there, or any company in particular that has a data breach, followed the same procedure, when this happens, we would have much more transparency. And I think like, in Australia, at the moment, we're having the impact of a massive data breach with one of our largest telecommunications company, and everybody's so confused. It's so grey as to what's happening. Are we safe? Are we not safe? the Hackers come out yesterday and said, "Oh, we're really sorry. We're not going to use your data. We're going to delete it." Um, what? I know. I know. Okay. And this this is exactly what not to do you want your your customers and the people that use your services to know exactly where they stand and it doesn't matter it's same as if you have a small business and you get hacked you need to plan how you're going to tell your customers how and what are you going to tell your customers because you can't keep it a secret um, right. and customers will no. really really value you they will respect you if you let them know exactly what has happened how it's happened and what you're doing to rectify it okay so we need a
0: risk mitigation plan for i.t breaches Communications
1: plan as well
0: communications plan so how we communicate with our customers not only our well our team and then our customers yeah
1: and in okay. some countries like you know you might have legislation that you have to report it to certain um, government bodies or whatever. Like if you um, are in the EU, you you must follow GDPR. So therefore you must report it. In Australia, we must report it. So you know know what the legislation is um, and what you need to do. So we go back to passwords. Passwords is the first line of defense. Then multi-factor authentication. So if they still get past your password because they can hack it or they find it on the dark web. Then if you've got multi-factor authentication, it's just another layer to keep them out. So no matter what account you have online, if it's important to you, it has sensitive information such as your banking, your social media, any type of online. If you've got a client database online, definitely need to have multi-factor authentication. Uh, And then after that, I would say a password manager such as LastPass. And the one mistake that I see a lot of people doing with password managers is not letting the password manager auto-generate your passwords. So people Mm -hmm. are still implementing a password manager and still creating their passwords. Hackers know how we create passwords. Also, you know, if you've been, most of all of us have probably been part of some kind of data breach, if not many, over the last few years. So therefore, the method that we use for creating our passwords, the hackers know because our passwords have been out there on the dark web. Okay, this is uh... a
0: <laughs> okay. Equal parts terrifying but empowering. Okay, so there's a new there's a new piece to business that nobody's doing because they don't think they understand it, and that it's too hard, but yeah. and that it's some kind sometimes inconvenient. But we need to do it. And um, Katrina, I was going to tell you, actually, one of my team members is going to take the transcription of this and we're going to create a blog. You and I are going to be the authors on it. We'll post it wherever you want, but also on my everywhere. Um, And we'll make it very clear. Here's what you can do to prevent. And then here's what you can do if it happens.
1: Yeah, and I also uh, have a free workshop that I ran last year and I have a recording of it and anybody oh. wants it, I can email you the link um, so But sweet. it's basically the the three hacks on how not to get hacked. And it should you email you... me the
0: link and I'm going to give it to her and they're going to be like, I
1: can't click on any links. <laughs> but um, I show you how to um, identify phishing emails. So I show okay. you the tactics that the hackers use and then I show you why passwords get hacked and how they get hacked. And then okay, I, I show you, see you um, basically if you do these three things, I I you're in a much safer place and your business is in a much safer place.
0: Okay. We bought your $149 course. Um
1: yeah so that course is um what it is is it's like a self paced uh review of your business. So I talk okay. you through how to review your current setup to identify where the areas of weakness are and what improvements. And then at the end of it, you have a 90 day plan on how to improve the security of your business. The reason why I created this is because I know a lot of small business owners, especially in that startup phase and the first few years, they don't have the budget to spend on cybersecurity. So I wanted to create something that was very cost effective. It was very accessible. But if you follow my process and what I show you, you create the list, then you know your business will be in a much safer place um, than yeah. not doing anything. So I just wanted to have something that everybody can do um, and that it's accessible to everybody because it just, it pains me, I, I see the after effects, I see when a business gets hacked, I see the impact, the stress, the worry everything that happens, it's the most stressful time in a business owner's life um, when it happens. And I just want to prevent that. I just hate seeing business owners go through that, Um, especially with everything that we've been through in the last few years with the pandemic and all the stress that that has caused for business owners. We don't need this added risk. We don't need this added stress. So if I can help in any way to prevent it happening, that's my mission. Thank you so much.
0: People were to say, like, I'm overwhelmed. Like, I'm not going to do any of this. And I plead with them to say at the end of every podcast, like, here's a quick tip. Just do this one thing. So what's the one thing they could do? What is it?
1: Sort out your passwords. Passwords, passwords, passwords. Um, and definitely without a shadow of a doubt, every business that I go into that hasn't implemented a password manager, the risk that they're leaving themselves open to is crazy so okay so just, pass, what else yeah. what other options pass, do we have pass last pass any password manager and um, and just also be very mindful that um, of the free products there's a very famous saying in cybersecurity and it's in most industries if the product is free you're most likely the product so pay for the subscription pay for the subscription because then your data is safe um Okay, password
0: manager. So LastPass. Any other yeah. recommendations for types of lot? Because I know like a lot of people are going to be like Kelly Ray. Seriously, LastPass just got hacked. That's what you're recommending.
1: Do you have another yeah. favorite or two more? Um. Well, there's one called Bitwarden, and it's an open source one. But Bitwarden. Bitwarden. Yep. Yeah. But it's not very user friendly, so I know a lot of people do struggle with it because it's not very user friendly. Um. Apple have one. I think it might be called. Chain pass or something. Apple has one. Yeah. Keychains. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And okay. then there's another one called One Pass, One Password. Um, it's reputable as well. But anything that you do Google search, the top five comes up. But I honestly, anybody concerned about Last Pass, you know, follow me on my socials. If the first sniff that I see that they've big, you know, we're at risk, I will be letting people know. But as I said, I still put my trust in them. I know a lot of security companies around the world still put their trust in them. A lot of government agencies use them. Um, yeah. I just think they, they are spending a lot of money on security. They have the best cybersecurity experts in the world. So I'd rather trust them than trust myself.
0: I hear you. Okay. So then um, where can people find you
1: online? I mostly hang out on Instagram. So you can find me on Kate, C-A-I-T underscore Safe. On LinkedIn, um, Katrina Ford. It's the Irish spelling of Katrina. So if you're reading it, you're probably going, what is that? It's the Irish spelling. I posted it for people. (laughs) It sounds like Katrina. Yeah. So um, they're my most, like I, beyond insta every day i do lives i do videos i do everything on insta Um, thank you for all
0: your free content by the way it's uh pretty similar to my view it's like there's so many businesses that need help there's only so many that can get the one-on-one there's only so many that will buy the programs and there's so many that need help for free so it's just like the more free help we can put out there the better so i uh i'm so grateful that we connected i actually think steph connected us um Sometimes it's not really me on my social media, but I have the most amazing team. And she was like, you have to talk to this lady. And I was like, yes, we do, because this is terrifying. And I've never had an answer for my clients before. So thank you so much for filling that hole in our knowledge. Sounds so not enough of a thank you, but thank you so much for giving of your time and your knowledge and for helping us to have, you know, the plan to keep us safe and then the plan to, what do we do if it does happen thank you so much and no, uh I love too. yeah and guys you got to intentionally seek her out because the algorithms nowadays are not showing you what you want just follow follow katrina, the katrina. Irish so having,
1: i'll yeah. tag
0: you all over my stuff too and then we'll get that blog article out with the transcription and all the points we'll share the heck out of it and we will protect a lot of businesses together so thank That's you so, so much